The Prophet mentioned that the bridge between belief and disbelief is abandoning salah. If you're struggling with your salah right now, well, we got the perfect solution for you. And that solution is the Adan app. This cell phone, we usually have it and it's using us instead of us using it. But with the Adan app, you can use it in perfect alignment with your life. The Adan app is already used by 40 million believers around the world. Why? Because it caters to your Islamic lifestyle. On top of the Salah times, you get du'as, dhikr, the Islamic calendar, Ramadan calendar, zuhur and iftar times, hajj and umrah guide, qibla finder, and much more for free. So download the Adan app now. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to the Realist Podcast in the dunya. The three Muslims were here with the home base again at the home base. Welcome everyone. Assalamu alaikum. How you guys doing? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, bro. Alhamdulillah. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Honor, bro, you're not going to say much today. To be determined. You know what they say, bro? Those who have the most strength speak the least. Mm. I've never heard that a day in my life. Alhamdulillah, now you know. All right, alhamdulillah. This power in silence, isn't that right on her? Well, of course, he's not going to say anything because he's, he's powerful. <laughs> but today, inshallah, Anha will open up a little bit more as the podcast goes on. Yes. To, uh, as we discuss very important stuff today, we were talking about this a little bit before we came to the you know studio. Mm-hmm. And it's a topic about money. Money. Does money make a man? No, but a man should make money. Ooh. <laughs> head, That's bro. what it is, bro. That's what it is. Bars. Alhamdulillah. Okay, okay. Go into that, bro. All right. <clears throat> money don't make a man, but a man should be making money. It's profound. What I mean by this, exactly what I just said. Um, money cannot make a man, can't buy a man, can't do anything, really. But men should have money. Men are the provisioners, men are the protectors. That's why they call him the man, right? Uh, you know, you see someone who's rich, who's famous, or whatever, you know, they're like, oh, that's the man. Oh, you're the man, blah, 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 whatever, right? Money doesn't make a man, though. Uh, many things make a man, actually, I would say, right? Money doesn't make a man. What makes a man would be a man who makes money. <laughs> but it's not the money in and of itself. It's the fact that he can make it. It's the fact that he can support his family. It's the fact that he is resourceful enough to be able to go out of his way, produce different means, avenues to be a supporter and provider and so on and so forth. Mm. Yes. Someone jump on that. But the Salafis are wondering, where's the source from Quran and Sunnah, bro? This is haram! <laughs> Come on, like, haram! that's what it is, bro. Because they're, they're like, I understand you saying this, you know, I'm going to go make millions, but the millions don't make me. Cool, you're giving bars, but where's the Quran and Sunnah when it comes to this? I believe there was a hadith that I, that I was reading. I'm not 100% sure on this, again, you know, so forgive me the Salafis, mashallah. But I'm not 100% sure if this is a hadith or from the Quran, but I've heard multiple shayukh, you know, refer to this. And it's the idea that verily being close to poverty makes you close to being a disbeliever. Mm. Not in the sense that you can't have taqwa or iman being, you know, low income or being in poverty. But it's the sense that shaitan doesn't come to you advocating haram options to make money when you already have enough money. It's only when you have no money that you think about stealing, even if you don't steal. But at least the thought is more likely to come across to your mind. You know what I mean? Or at least I should do this, I should do that just to get out of poverty. I should steal, I should go rob someone, or even though you're not going to do it. But it's not going to come to you if you're making steady halal income, let's say 100k a month. You get me? So I do believe that, and I think that to some extent, Allah has made it our obligation, as men like Brother Rami said, to provide and protect our women folk, right? And in today's material world, unfortunately, runs on money. So you don't need to have, you know, you don't need to be a billionaire or anything like that, but you do need to bring in basic income. Mm-hmm. Basic provisioning, put a roof over your family's head, your loved one, take care of your parents, inshallah, sooner the better, uh, you know, put food on the table, medical expenses, that type of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So this begs the question, bro, why are so many Muslim men today not financially savvy? Mm. I think because they're comfortable. I think they're because they're comfortable and they are focusing primarily on the Akhira, which there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You know, we should definitely be learning more about the deen, about Islam and all this. But when you focus primarily on the Akhira, then you forget the dunya. And there should always be a balance. You know, and and if if you get married as a man, if you have a wife, 
in the camera, like looking to people in their souls. No, should be looking at y'all. I'm talking to y'all. Right, so if if you're a man, you get married, then part or or possibly mm. the thing that might bring you into Jannah is your wife, hundred percent, or your kids, and vice versa. Yeah. Mm. So okay, as a man, like Rami said. Uh, money doesn't make a man, but a man should make money, mm-hmm. right? So, if your job as a man is to be the provider, how are you gonna do that with no money? Yeah. If the woman that you have, your wife, is an opportunity for you to go to Jannah, if you actually take care of her and fulfill her rights, mm-hmm. how are you gonna do that if you're not making any money? Yeah. Right? Like, how are you gonna feed her if you're not making any money? How are you gonna yeah. feed yourself? How are you gonna feed your kids? How are you gonna take care of your family? Yeah. You know, like, how can you do anything substantial in this world um, if you don't have money? And maybe maybe I'm ignorant in saying that. Yeah. Yeah, 100 uh, Not 100% you're ignorant, <laughs> but 100% like, to your point. Like, yo. 100% <laughs> <No>. you jahil. <laughs> 100% to your point. I do want to jump in here and, and, and kind of clear something up. Uh, I can't speak on you guys' behalf, right? I'm pretty sure I'll be on the same page, inshallah. I'm not talking about people who are not super wealthy. I'm not super wealthy. I'm not talking about people who are poor. I'm talking about people who are not go-getters, who are not hard workers, people who maybe they grew up very comfortable, like you mentioned in life, and they don't focus on expanding their avenues to make more money. Mm. That's what I'm mainly focusing on. I see that, and that's what I'm trying to get at too. Again, like I said, maybe I'm ignorant here, maybe I'm just not explaining it correctly, but um, there are some men out here, Muslim men, they they choose not to go hard and make that money. Yeah. And therefore they say, ah, well, you know what? It's okay for me and my wife to go 50-50. Yeah. Yeah. You see, now they like they've given up the provider. Yeah. Now they're like, they basically like, oh, the woman's a provider as well. <laughs> Stuck yeah. for a long. You know, or they get to the point where they're not providing anything. Yeah. And then they're over here depending on their woman, and the woman's paying for everything. We're, we're not against women working with context mm-hmm. and a woman having her own money, mm-hmm. of course, because that is un-Islamic to say otherwise. But we, what we are saying is most women love to feel secure and security is extremely important to women. It's not the money in and of itself that a woman wants you to have, but it's the symbol of security, trust, reliance mm-hmm. that women are lacking today, bro. This whole revolution on, on, on women wanting to be independent is because they couldn't trust the man mm-hmm. for whatever means. Whether he couldn't provide, he couldn't protect. So I need to go yeah. do this X, Y, Z myself. I need to go spread my wings outside the house just so I can feel more secure. Mm-hmm. I need to take everything into my own hands mm-hmm. when Allah has made it a man's responsibility to do so. Yeah. yeah. So how do we get started with this? How is a man today who's, let's say, 14, 15? Because, of course, we're going to talk to the kids that are you know, mm-hmm. the older teenagers and all that too. But I do want to talk, I do want to start to people today, at least chronologically, because I want to be the change that I didn't have growing up in terms of at least podcasts and YouTube, obviously, because back then we were watching stupid stuff on like YTV and all that and SpongeBob and all that. But see, back then you you have 13, 14 year olds today. SubhanAllah, there are young kids watching us, right? Yeah. What should they do? What do you guys think as kids that are still living on money in terms of just habits they should start building? Mm. I would say first and foremost, uh, actually, you know, <clears throat> I would say everything and also business endeavors. It doesn't start with business and, and practicing business and learning and so on and so forth. It starts with Islam. Well, every single thing will start with Islam. Yeah, even understand business from an Islamic perspective, the fiqh of it, halal, haram, and, and fix those affairs and your affairs with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first and foremost. Because uh, only then can you really say that you have the right intention, you're going about it the right way. And uh, inshallah, Allah will set you up for success. So learn what business is from a Islamic perspective. Learn the context of business. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very beautiful. He says in Surah Jumma, He says, when the adhan is called for Friday, Friday prayer, go and basically pray. Right? I'm paraphrasing a bit. And the translation as well. Go and pray. But once the prayer is concluded, go out and seek the bounty of Allah. Right? Actually, let me, let me correct myself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically says, leave trade and go and pray. Right? He says, stop mm. business, stop trade. Put it on pause. Yeah. And then go pray. And then when it's, once it's done, come back and seek the bounty of Allah or go out and seek the bounty of Allah in the world. So we should have the same context that we're doing business until it's time to pray. 
fulfill our obligations, right? Do what we need to do for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it might have to do with our families as well, right? Obligations towards our families, ourselves, our loved ones, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so on and so forth. And then go out and see the bounty of Allah. And uh, I'm going to give the floor to you guys to talk more so about what comes after that. See, bro, what you said reminds me of when I went to uh, Saudi Arabia for mm-hmm. Umrah. Yeah. And then I went to UAE as well. Things are different there, bro. When it's when it's time, see, wallahi, it pains me to get DMs from brothers and sisters today, saying I have a job and I, and it's it's a good income job that I'm going to take on, inshallah, and it's going to require me to miss uh, asr or duhr prayer. Well, I'm going to hit all of them except maghrib. What should I do? And it reminds me of when I went to Saudi and subhanallah, bro. When it's time for salah, all the stores have a barricade, a gate, restaurants, everything. Everything just goes on pause. As soon as the adhan is called, all the stores close. Just like you said, trade stops, trade stops. Mm-hmm. And storekeepers start walking to the masjid. People outside that are cleaners start walking to the masjid. Everyone that works at a fast food place starts going to the masjid. And they pray. And things cannot open and resume back to business until 30 minutes after the adhan was called. Meaning that not only do you go and pray, it's enough time for people that are not near a masjid to go to a masjid. And you come back and you resume like nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Because nothing revolves around work, bro. Everything revolves around salah Mm. and taqwa, keeping Allah in mind. That's one thing I wanted to just touch on your point. But Mm -hmm. a practical point that I'll give, and inshallah it's a very profound and applicable one, that I started doing in my life was the rule of 10%. Have I told you guys about this? I heard the 80-20, but I haven't heard the 10%. See... This is going to be something that could either make or break someone's saving account. And we're going to talk into, you know, cryptocurrency and investments, obviously, in the future, inshallah. But just for the sake of saving money, I think as 14-year-olds, 13-year-olds watching this, it's not too early to understand and learn the skills of saving money. And one of the most important thing is the rule of 10%. So basically, from this moment on, anyone watching this, right, I don't care if you're 10, I don't care if you're 20, I don't care if you're 30, I don't care if you're 80 years old. Every dollar that enters your bank, you're going to save 10% of it into a separate account, non-negotiable. You're not touching that account. You're not taking money out of that account. You're not going to be low on your funds, take money from that account. And then when you get paid, put it back into that account. None of that. That account is strictly going to be the 10% account. And you're putting in 10% of everything. You get paid $1,000 on Friday, you're putting in $100. You get $500 for, for Eid money, you put in 50 No matter what it is, even if it's chump change, you're just putting in 10% of it. I don't care how young you are, you're going to start this now. Over time, you're going to notice this is going to be a lot of money. And for anyone watching this that's 30 years old, 40 years old, if I ask you a question, if you save 10% of everything you made in your life thus far, how much do you guys think you would have in that account? Probably a lot. Probably a lot, but we didn't. I started doing this two years ago. I'm not going to air anything out, but let's just say it's an amount that I probably wouldn't have saved otherwise. Mm. And this doesn't mean you spend 90%. I'm just saying this is a separate account for just 10%. There's other things we can talk about for your portfolio, how you should break it down, put it into finance, put it into investments, put it into real estate, other stuff. But I believe minimum 10% should just go into the savings account. It's a very good way to start. You can get a little mini, I don't, want, I don't, I don't know if piggy banks are, are halal, bro. Piggy, like the, the khawarij are going to take everything out of context, bro. <laughs> they said piggy bank, bro. Pigs are haram. Listen, we have piggy banks in Canada. It's basically a little thing where you, you put your, your loony or your toony or your quarters, anything you get. But have something if you don't have a bank account. If you have a bank account, um, ask your parents to open one if you don't. You know, say, hey, mom, hey, dad, I want to open an account. I want to learn more about, you know, saving money and I want to get more financially savvy, you know. But 10% of your income goes a long way. Mm-hmm. So... So how do they start making any kind of income to be able to save? See, the 14-year-olds, 13-year-olds that I'm talking about are the ones that get the income from said chump change. Mm-hmm. Like here's some Eid money. Here's mm-hmm. some gift money. You know, your grandmother comes here. Abuelas come, you know, <laughs> parents are not there. Abuela slips you like a $50 note. You put five of that into that. That's what I'm talking about. I see. Obviously, you know, we're going to talk about as, as the ages go on into later teens and early mm-hmm. adulthood, yeah. early adolescence when you start, you know, making money at a job. Then it's way more easy. You have cash flow coming in. You can put 10% aside. But for everyone, no matter how much you have, you can't tell me that you're spending more than 90% of your income. If Otherwise, then you shouldn't even be on YouTube watching us, to be honest, to be frank. You should be doing something else with your time. But 10% of your money, I think, is bare minimum. And this is something that you might think it's not much now because you only probably make like $50 a year because you're so young. 
gift money or Eid money or whatever. But wallahi, this is a habit that you must foundate right now. You must find the habit right now, build this foundation. So in a couple of years, when you're making money, you're making, let's say, 10K a year, then you're making, inshallah, 5K a month and 5K uh, every week, inshallah, if you can get to that point, maybe even more, inshallah, it's going to be easy. You're not going to feel some type of way putting 10% in because you've done it for so long. Yeah. So don't look at it as, okay, I'm 14. How do I make a million now? Because you see people making, you know, million dollars on NFTs at age 16, yeah, walking crazy. into high school with Lamborghinis. We're not here to, you know, promise you and, and overshoot that promise. What we are saying is you can build foundational habits today, mm-hmm. which don't require much, but 10% is nothing, right? Yeah. If I if I give you $1,000 and I'm, I'm saying you have to give me $100, you won't mind, right? It's a good habit to build. And I think it'll go a long way if you put it to practice, inshallah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, before Anhel jumps in, if he wants to, inshallah. Uh, you remind me of a video I watched uh, based on a book, right? That I did not read, to be fair, um, about atomic habits. Have you guys heard about it? Atomic yes, habits? Yes. There's even building habits, and I want to talk about it because you mentioned it. Even building habits is almost like a skill in and of itself or an entire practice. Because um, uh, obviously there's good and bad habits, right? And if you look at one of your bad habits, like nail biting, right? That's a bad habit I have. If you look at when these things, this guy's staring at my nails. Don't look at my nails, man. You bite your nails, bro. Yeah, I do. I bite my nails. You it's a bad habit. dirty boy, bro. Yeah, this is like, haram. Actually, haram. I can't pull that. I don't know if it's haram, to be honest. But do you but, swallow it after? No. No, that's, that's too much. Okay, that's, that's too much. Too much. So you, you draw the line somewhere. Yeah, alhamdulillah. But alhamdulillah. if you look at, like me personally, if I look at where these things, when I bite my nails, usually either when I'm bored or when I'm nervous, when I'm anxious. Mm. So if I were to never be bored, anxious, or nervous, I would never bite my nails, right? And it's about also setting the right environment for yourself, right? That's very important. If you had a father that encouraged or enforced you to save 10% or something, that would also help tremendously. If you don't, you don't have a role model like that or someone like that, you either have to become the role model yourself or surround yourself with things that remind you of that. When I wanted to set certain, if people know me, you know, if people have known me for a long time, they'll know I had long, long hair maybe, you know, a few months, a year ago, right? That was actually a goal that I had. I actually had a goal to grow out my hair. I took all my goals, you know, start learning uh, I3, start learning Islam, uh, start my platform, grow my hair out, work out, all these different things. I wrote them on a list and took a screenshot and made that my screensaver. So every time I even opened my phone, which I do a lot, I would see that list. And I did basically everything, right? The gyms closed down eventually, which really, you know, hurt that goal. Um, And we're not talking about working out from home. This guy gave me a nice workout plan, (laughs) mashallah. It was really good, it was helpful, but... That's another story. So habits in and of itself and building it, I just want to slip that in there uh, because you mentioned it, it's so important and there's actually a proper way to build good habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the proper way? Okay. Well, you got us the of our seats, bro. <laughs> firstly, watch the video. It describes it in depth. The proper way to set or build good habits or <clears throat> there's two things, right? There's breaking down bad habits and then there's building good habits. To break down a bad habit and to build a good habit is basically the same, but almost, it's the same in the same order, I would say. First, you have to look at what the habit is, what triggers these things, what kind of reward you get after the habit. And uh, there's a few other things I'm forgetting, but I'll stick to what I remember. Like I mentioned, the nail biting thing. For some reason, I don't know why, I get some kind of relief from biting my nails because it calms me when I'm freaking nervous or whatever, right? Or anxious. <clears throat> if I were to pick up a better habit that's more beneficial, that is triggered or that I consciously do, or it's not unconscious yet, but now it's consciously that I do it when I'm nervous, that has a good reward, I would be able to replace my nail biting with that because it's something that's triggered when I'm anxious, just like nail biting, and it's something that's rewarding as well. So if you were to get some kind of reward from, let's say, working out after every single workout session, you would be more inclined to work out, right? Um, And this is actually something that's very basic. So if you look at the environment that you have, what triggers you to want to do these habits, whether they're good or bad, and then you look at the reward and the outcome of it, making you more inclined to do it afterwards, that is something that is really going to benefit you. Like let's say you do this for a a month or two months or three months, you put 10% away, you might have a few bucks, you might have a few dollars, honestly. But after a year, two years, you're really, you're probably going to have the habit by then. But you're going to look at that account and be like, I have like a lot of money now. And maybe mm-hmm. $200, $300 is a lot for a 13, 14 year old, right? $1,000, $10,000 is like being rich for a 13 year old, 14 year old. 
But when you see something like that, it's, it's only going to encourage you more. And the hardest stage is in the beginning building those habits. Mm. Money is one of these things, um, unlike fitness and other you know pursuits in life, that it's actually extremely difficult in the beginning. Um, stuff like fitness, let's say losing weight or gaining muscles is actually really easy in the beginning, bro. You make most of your progress in the noob gains phase or early on. You've been working out five years. It's probably, you know, 10% results every year after that. It's very difficult. But with money, it's the opposite. The more money you have, the easier it is to make money. Yeah. So with money, the hardest thing is to begin. So what Rami's saying is true because you need to have these skills and, and the psychology and habit building that too. And the money will come. I know you guys are waiting like, okay, what stock should I put my money in? What cryptocurrency is going to take off? Which NFT project is going to the moon? What you guys are saying is like the unsexy answer to like all of this, you know, these questions that I have. But the reality is, wallahi, you're never going to make money until making money is not your priority. It's mm. something greater than that. It's who you're becoming in the process, like, you know, Elliot Hull says on his channel. Mm. Yeah. I don't know, bro. You got to say something. I don't know, Rami. It sounded like he was about to say something bro, else. No, I, but honestly, I really do. So just uh, to touch on that point there. <laughs> How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> just to touch on that point there. Um having a goal is really important, especially tying into what I said initially about having the right near. Because if you have the goal of making money to be rich, you know, can you really turn to Allah and be like, I had the right intention, you know, I want to be rich. Um, but if you have the intention of being wealthy enough, resourceful enough to provide for your family and to help those in need, mm. mashallah, that's a beautiful cause. That's a beautiful intention to have. And that's something you should capitalize on. The next thing I want to say is another very unsexy answer, I guess you could say, uh, which is, uh, as far as I know, per personally, I'm not. we're not going to tell you what stock to invest in, which cryptocurrency to invest in. You're going to do that yourself. You're going to find something that works for you. You're going to find something that you're good at, that you can capitalize on, or multiple things, and you're going to invest in those things. Maybe it'll be a podcast. Maybe it'll be a YouTube channel. Maybe it'll be a business. Maybe it'll be uh, some services, products, goods, whatever it might be. Um, you're going to find that yourself. And anyone who's going to come and tell you, oh, do this, invest in this, and do this current, uh, cryptocurrency, blah, 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 maybe they're telling the truth. Maybe not. Maybe they're just trying to sell you a course so they can capitalize on their avenue. Right? Allahu alam. Many courses out there. We're not selling courses today. We're just speaking honest, hard, truthful facts. Mm. Mm. I think the one thing that I want to add to this is uh, something that my roommate a long time ago told me. And uh, he's, he's a multi-millionaire. Multi Pretty nice, mashallah. Mashallah. He has said that uh, if you really want to get to the point where you're making a lot of money, I'm still trying to internalize this, by the way. So I am by no way, shape, or form a millionaire nor a multimillionaire. No, we're, we're, we're broke boys. Yeah, inshallah. <laughs> One day. Inshallah, though. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So what he has said is you, you treat it like a game. Right? Like you guys played games, obviously. I think every guy has played video games. And in video games, like let's say you're playing uh, GTA, probably not the best example because it's not that halal of a game. Hmm. What? So playing GTA or you're playing, I don't know, some kind of game, right? And in this game, you can make money in this game. Now let me ask you something. When you're playing this game, is your focus ever to make the money in the game? No. Nah. But you it's, need it to progress. Exactly. How are you going to buy armor? Exactly. Of but it's like Faya said, like, the priority is not to make the money. Was it you or was it, was it wrong? Okay, it was you. Bro, you said the priority is not to make the money, right? You're playing this video game. Your priority is not to make the money. But you need the money to get more armor, to get more weapons, to progress in the game, right? Now, as you play the game, as you start becoming in this game, whatever it is that you're doing in this game... You start making more money. You start having more currency. Maybe you're fighting more bosses. You're getting more loot. Whatever the case might be, right? But the fact is you're making the money. You're not trying to make the money. It doesn't feel like you're doing anything really that substantial to mm -hmm. make the money. And at the end of the day, it's a game. You're it's enjoying just yourself. Means, bro. Right? And that's mm -hmm. what my friend, he said it that it should be like that. Life should be like this game where it's like you're not taking it that seriously nor are you focusing on the money, but you're actually doing other things to really experience this game. Mm. You know, mm. you guys get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. bro. 
People in the comments are like, what, what, what hadith was your roommate quoting, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> He's not Muslim, I don't think yeah, so. Mela got him, though. This roommate wasn't a Muslim. Mela got him. I wasn't had, even Muslim at the time. Mm. Alhamdulillah, anything's possible, bro. Um, we are going to obviously talk about the benefits of giving sadaqah, charity. Uh, you know, paying zakat obligation, right, if we can. Um, how to avoid debt, bro. Credit card debt, student loan debt, all of these things that are silent killers. Before we talk about making money... How do we stop losing money, right? So we're, we're going to get into all that. But just as we talked about thus far, these are the basic fundamentals that we want to have. One last thing, um, unless Rami has anything else, I did want to ask Brother Angel a question. It was a talk that we had about a few months ago about, you know, your personal relationship with money and how it changed a bit and how it seems as something now, you're almost like out of your own way. Mm. You know, do you want to, you know, do you feel comfortable sharing that, bro? Mm. Just the main takeaways. I think the biggest thing was that uh, I saw money as like this thing where, um, I don't know, it was very crucial. It was like a big part and um, it was not something to be played around with. And it's like, if someone was playing with my money, there was a big issue. Mm. Or like, it was such a big issue that if, if, um, I don't know, like I felt some type of way that maybe charging people X amount of money because I would think to myself, no, no, that's too much money. Like, how can I charge someone this much? Like, they probably have their own things that they got to take care of. But it's like you start realizing, like, okay, money is a means hmm. to an end or a beginning. It's a tool. That's all it is. That's all it is. And you shouldn't remove any attachment that you have to. When you remove the attachments, that's when you start kind of changing your perspective on money and um, that's where you can start actually making a difference in how you make the money. That's the one thing I was waiting for you to say, bro. Lose your attachment. This life is a test with light, bro. The detachment to money is one of the best feelings in the world, bro. You're not slipping into disbelief just to make money. You're not simping just for money. You're not out here working and slaving your life away just for money. You're not sacrificing family time and having time with your loved ones because you're out here working overseas just for money. Not No dirt, by the way, to all the fathers doing that. May Allah bless you and preserve you for all the hard work that you do. But I grew up in a family that was a little different from that. You know, I grew up in a family that my parents, they knew that, you know, making money is important, but they also understood the value of family time. They knew making money is important because, well, like, bro, we came to Canada as immigrants and, and mashallah, my parents, bro, they struggled. I'm sure just like your, y'all's parents did, right? And it wasn't easy, bro. We weren't born into a rich family or anything. So they really struggled just to, you know, get us here and give us a decent life, bro. But simultaneously, you know, weekends came. We did little mini road trips. Every few weeks, we, we went on little holidays, whatever we could, just to keep that kinship, that, that tie with our family, that bond strong, you know. So imagine how much more. And subhanAllah, Rami, we were literally talking about this before. Most of the people wouldn't work and, and put so much time into a job, right? if they actually had money so they could do more of what they love and more things for the sake of Allah. Mm -hmm. So money isn't necessarily something that makes you shallow or materialistic or something that's evil. It could actually be your ticket to getting more good deeds and staying away from sins. So I think the way we look at money should change and it should no longer be this thing that we're like, you know, too shy to talk about and, and we're afraid of making money. It's almost like you're afraid of success. You can make six figures a year. Inshallah, you can even make six figures a month, maybe even more than that. It's not too far away. You just have to do the right thing for long enough, inshallah. Bro, and I just want to add, um, before I became a Muslim, I was engaged. And uh, the fiance, her, um, I don't know, we just had a little connection. Yeah. Connection right there. But um, nah, nah, when, I was, when I was engaged, uh, my fiance's father at the time, he, he had brought this thing up to me where he was like, um, the money that you have is never really yours. He's like, money is like, it has to be in constant flow. And if you think about it, like you, you didn't make this money, right? You took it. And I think um, there was another video I don't know if it was Imam Gadsi or if it was Andrew Tate who had said this, but um, you're never making the money yourself. You don't have an actual money-making machine. You're taking it because of something that you did. You provided a service, 
you took it's it. Just, it was just cash flow. Cash flow it, was yeah. a, it was a flow, mm. right? You provided a service, you got the exchange. Now that you have the money, let's say you want that ice cap. Mm. You got to give the money, yeah. mm. right? They're not going to give you the ice cap for free. Yeah, It's like when we were in Walmart, we were about to get that water for free. Mm. But no, nah, you said, you know what? No, I'm going to pay for this. Hold up, what? Yeah, no, nah, relax, relax. May Allah, hey, may Allah bless you. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is that there's there's a constant flow, right? <laughs> then that's what the father was trying to tell me. He's like, there's, there's the money's flowing. So it's like, if you want this, mm. then you got to pay for that. And then if if you want to sell something or you want to do a service and you get the money back, but you can't hold on to money. If you mm. if you hold on to money, you block the flow of money. So if you if you are stingy, then it's like you stop receiving, mm. right? So mm. it's like when you realize this, you realize, okay, well. If there's a constant flow of if, if I keep giving, if I give more sadaqah, if I'm more free with my money, well, then I'm going to receive more in return. And um, I think that's just another big point that needs to be brought in because people, we, we get very stingy with money. 100%, bro. This will tie into, inshallah, what we should do with our money. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rami, quick time check, bro. What are we looking at? We're on hold. We got 20 minutes. 20 minutes? Okay. Yeah. Minimum 20 minutes, inshallah. Yeah. Okay, cool. With that being said, if if you know, y'all don't have anything else, we can definitely discuss how we can make money, the basic fundamentals. But I think this should take another episode too, maybe. But inshallah, we'll try to go over the basic fundamentals today. Um, do y'all have anything before we go in? I want to give a disclaimer just about myself. Real this quick. is not financial advice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, more of a disclaimer about myself, as opposed to these two brothers here, mashallah. I have not done any, I've never had any real biz, big, bigger business in, um, endeavors, to be completely honest. So everything I'm saying is completely theoretical from my perspective. From their perspective, mashallah, it's a lot more practical because they've done it. For me, it's a lot more theoretical, at least at this point. Bro, I'm still learning, it's, to be honest. Little, bro. I'm, I'm still learning, bro. Um, yeah, you might know more than me, bro. Subhanallah, who knows? Bro, all we're doing is sharing what we've come across so far. Yes, That's what it is. 100%. That's it. Inshallah, it'll help. Okay. Inshallah. First, most important thing. This is the fundamental thing that y'all must understand when it comes to working and making money is you have active income and passive income. These are the two big things that we want to talk about. So what are the different? What's the difference? Active income is, you know, there's multiple categories. You can work at a job, right? So you are an employee. You can work for someone. Um, you can either, you know, Hire people and own a business, like like I don't know, like an employer, right? But you're still it's still active income because even employers do, you know, they trade time for money, stuff like that. Um, you could be a you know some trade or anything like that, right? This basically, even if you work for yourself, this is still active income. There's there's a link between time and money, work you do versus how much money you make that hits your bank. Passive income is different. You know, these are things like business owners per se. You know, these are people that they've done the work. They've opened the businesses. Now they don't do anything. They have people that manage everything. You know, they kind of, I'll give you an example. Do you have an ice cap on you or no? Yeah. Mashallah. Let's pull this up, bro. I'll give you a wonderful example. Inshallah. We don't, we don't want to, we don't want to spill this on the, on the Roadcaster Pro 2. Mashallah. There's a lot dropped on this. Uh, It's very expensive equipment. But right here, over, over here, you know, editor, you can zoom in on this. Bismillah. We got Beeb's Crew or Beeb's Brew. Bieber, <laughs> what is this? Justin Bieber, the musician, the artist, the R&B or whatever he does. I don't know what he does now. But I don't even think, to be honest, he's ever had a nice cap. I don't know. I don't know if he, he even knows what coloring went into this font or the logo or anything like that. You can put this back, by the way. What I do know is he made a deal with them to give Tim Hortons Coffee Company in Canada the rights to use his name to promote this you know, Beeb's ice cap or whatever. Literally tastes the same to me. I don't know about you, right? I don't know what Beeb's brew is. But here's the thing. Does he trade time for this? Does he come into Tim Hortons every day? Mm -hmm. No. It's just an endorsement that makes him the passive income through using his title and or, or I should say allowing Tim Hortons to use his title and his name to basically make all the money that he makes with the royalties or the sponsor or whatever. Mm -hmm. Other, you know, extremes, we already talked about it. You have a business owner, right, who doesn't do anything. Just business is just doing itself. Other people are maintaining it. Uh, I can go on. There's a lot of ways. Yeah. But in, inshallah, today the focus is going to be on active income and uh, 
want to hear what you guys have to say so I, far. I just want to jump in and uh, just for anyone who didn't understand what that what those meant, you know, active and passive and didn't understand the uh, explanations. It was really good. I don't think there are people out there that really don't understand it, but just in case, um, I have a really, really like kind of simple explanation. You guys know those? Dare you. <laughs> this guy. Um, you guys know those apps that people love for some reason where they get to like swipe and then they make like a fake dollar on the app every time right mm. it's one of those like money making apps where it's not real money or right? it's like fake monopoly kind of thing right mm. and you can open your phone and see billions of dollars that are fake right it's the difference between active and passive is like when you first start out on these apps you have to swipe to make every single dollar you physically swipe then you get a certain amount of money maybe 20 30 50 thousand dollars and you can buy some kind of upgrade that starts swiping the money for you when your phone's off in your pocket and that's the difference. Active is you have to swipe to make the money. Like you have to work to make the money. Mm-hmm. Right? That's active. Passive is just buy the upgrade. Kind of like starting a business. You put your phone away, mm-hmm. have someone else run it, you go screw off, whatever. And then it's making money in the background going to your bank account. Mm-hmm. That's a good explanation. Very good, mashallah. Uh, the one thing that I want to add about the active income is that for a long time, I was actually working to not have to do anything for active income. And um, uh, alhamdulillah, I got to that point just for a brief period and I realized how much it sucks. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. As men, we actually want something. We want to have purpose. We want to have a mission. Yeah. So it's like active income is very important, but mm-hmm. the passive income now, this is the, I'd say, the most important part. Because yes, you want to have your mission, but what good is having the mission if you're constantly struggling and like, you're mentally a wreck because you're always trying to wonder where the hell am I going to get the money to support my family and all this stuff, right? But if you have a passive source of income that's providing you the finances where now you can fully focus on your mission, kind of like how we were talking about before we did this (laughs) podcast, it gives you that mental space and it gives you the energy to go all in to your mission, to mm. your purpose mm-hmm. versus only being able to give like 10% into mm-hmm. your purpose, right? Yeah. Let's give a beautiful example to that. Let's say somebody loves to do work for masjids. They love to open new masjids. They love doing fundraisers and stuff like this. But here's the thing, bro. They got, they got kids. They got a family. They got people to feed. They got people relying on them, right? So what do they do? They can either spend most of their time working at a job, active income, Right? and less time doing what they really want to do, or they can realize that, okay, I have a goal, let's say 10 years, 15 years. Eventually, I want to get there to a point where I have passive income. So I have the money coming in because of what I've done, and that is the, the, the unsexy truth that you have to start with active income to eventually get to passive income. Mm-hmm. When, inshallah ta'ala, once you get there eventually, in the future, if Allah wills, then you can have the faculties the time, the freedom, the security, the resources, the means to then do whatever endeavor you want to do. Most of the time, these endeavors are things that will not make you as much money. You know, that's what I found out to be the truth. Most of the time, not every time. Um, but there's more barakah in those things mm-hmm. sometimes, right? Oftentimes. So it helps to have that safety net and money coming in. So essentially, that's that's all it is with active income. But once you do get the passive income, it's not like you just have money coming in and you're going to be chilling. That's That's a miserable life, bro. Uh, we had a brother on the podcast a couple weeks ago, I would say, Hamza. You know, so some of you might know him, and he said he made a video once saying that he retired at the age of 22, when he was making like 25k a month. Mashallah. And he did it for about a couple of days, and then he gave up. He said it was boring. There's no, there's no meaning to it. He was recording videos for like four hours a week at that point, and when things were popping off, he said it was miserable, bro. There's no purpose. There's no meaning in, anymore in life. But anyway, let's bring it back. So active income. What is active income? So you start out working at a job, right? My best advice to anyone would be to not work at a job where there's no room for growth. If you can do something like go to school while working a job, that's fine because you're, you're getting some type of credential, some type of a, a skill, some type of a trade, some type of a certification, whether it's a diploma or a degree, don't go after no gender studies degree. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling it right now. It's a waste of time. How dare you? No, literally, 100%. Don't go after women's studies degrees. Don't go after humanities degrees, social sciences. There's so many waste degrees, bro. If you want to be an engineer, lawyer, doctor, medical radiation scientist, ultrasound technologist, 
Um, you want to be a mechanic. You want to be an electrician. Something that's going to make you money. Cool. Do it. If you have to work at a part-time job or full-time job simultaneously, go for it. But otherwise, work at a job where there's room for growth. Mm-hmm. If you are someone that's easily replaceable, then they're not going to promote you. There's no way they're going to promote you. You're not going to move up the company. The goal is to move up the company, go from, you know, worker, employee to like hire, you know, either a, a general manager or, or top tier manager. You're not going to be the owner, obviously, because you didn't start that business, but you're getting up the ladder. You are now the employer. You are the one hiring other employees. You are making more money now for less time. I'll give a beautiful, easy example. Um, I'll pull out Rami because mashallah, Rami gives very simple and succinct answers. So this easy example I'm going to give is, let's say you want to be a psychologist okay, or, or a counselor, mm-hmm. therapist, something like that, right? SubhanAllah, a lot of people are looking for therapy today. Um, so may Allah make it easy for us. Amen. But for counseling or therapy, if you go to school and you get your counselor's certificate or if you get your license or you have a psychology or you know, whatever degree, master's in psychology, and you want to work for a clinic, right? It's not your clinic. They're probably going to charge you, you know, or they're probably going to pay you $30 an hour. You see a client, you know, you or, or a patient, you help them out, you get your 30 an hour. The business is charging the customer 60 per hour. So they're making $60 from the patient and they're paying you only half. Is the business doing all the work or are you doing all the work? You're doing 100% of the work for 50% of the money. Whereas the business is doing 0% of the work and making 50% of the money, if not more. I've seen businesses make up to 80-90% of the money for doing none of the work while the employee slaves away. They're dispensable, they're disposable, they're replaceable, and they're making maybe 5 to 10%. But let's just say for this you know, ideological fairy tale scenario, 50%. Your job is to get so good, so many you know, good reviews, experience, all that, that one day you can become the person that's self-employed. So from employee, self-employed is the first step in active income. You're still not in passive income though, so I hate to burst y'all's bubble that are getting excited, but you're just self-employed. Once you're self-employed, that $60 that you charge the patient, you keep that. Yeah. So there's no 30%, there's no 50% tax cut. You don't pay, you don't get a split. You are the business, so you keep 100%. Now you can do two things. You can either raise your prices when you get good enough, and these are for service-based industries, obviously, by the way, or you can work more hours. But there's going to come a point when you cannot raise your price more. It would either be unethical or unfeasible, and the price market doesn't work, or you cannot work hours because time is a, is a finite type of resource that we have week to week. So what do you do when you can't work more than 100 hours a week and you can't charge more than, let's say, 1,000 an hour for whatever you do? That's like the upper limit. Now you hire someone else. Mm-hmm. But let's say Unhealth Psychotherapy, this company has built up so much of a reputation and they trust you so much that they know if Unhealth brings another therapist to the team, they're going to know how to get the job done. So now Unhealth becomes that person that charges the patient 60 bucks and gets this individual, this employee to work and takes 30. So now you're making 90 per hour. You're making the 60 from your own hour and you're making 30 from taking their but you're not going to hire one person. You're going to hire a couple. Sooner or later, you're going get to get to a point where your business is doing so good, you don't even have to show up. You have a team of highly trusted individuals and employees that work for you, and they're bringing you a lot of money. By the way, this is still service-based business, by the way. This is not uh, another type that we'll talk about. Eventually, you get to a point where you're so good, on-health psychotherapy can become a franchise. So now you open multiple franchises. You, you hire managers employers you hire a team they do your thing you come in to get your paycheck every week you take the split you're making the most money doing the least work right and you are now this is the first step of passive income which is a business owner now you have the cash flow for all the hard work you've done but you don't have to do any of the work Mm -hmm. this might take anywhere from a few months if allah wills it to decades service based yeah but it's a game you gotta play yeah, it long enough a game so now that we have clarified I just gotta make sure I'm not playing footsies with Ronnie <laughs> but now that we clarified active income passive income now it's let's talk about debt 
Because mm-hmm. that's that's a big one here for people where they were actually less, they're making money, bro. They're actually making some money on active. Maybe they might even have passive as well. Mm. But they deep in that debt. And they, they didn't choose or they did actually. They didn't they didn't want it to happen, but they are, you know, and like of course it's not halal. We shouldn't be in debt. We shouldn't be doing anything that's that has interest. But it's like, come on, let's let's be real. Today's day and age, like most most people they, they definitely are. This is haram. Yeah. Haram. You don't want to be indebted to anything except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what what can we say here? What can we say for these people who are in debt? You know, like what what's the best way to really tackle this to um, pay off the debt in as quickest way as possible with z- little to zero interest? Got you, Arami. Well, I mean, are we talking about you know getting a loan that would put you in debt without interest or paying You're it off? In debt. You're already in debt. Okay. You're already in debt. Well, uh, from my perspective, deep. deep. Well. One, Ten seconds, bro. Real quick, I'm just gonna say this: prevention is the best cure. Yeah. Right. Fire avoidance, fire prevention, then firefighting. Yeah. You never want to get into debt in the first place. This doesn't mean don't take student loans and and, and do this. I'm, we're not giving fatawas here, but it's best not to get into debt mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah. But if you're already in debt, carry them, bro. Yeah, 100. Uh, first, I'm gonna answer the question. Actually, first, I want to preface by saying one thing, then I'll answer the question. Inshallah. If there was a way, like let's say someone had a business model that they're doing and it works for them and there's a way they could optimize it. They just don't have the funds currently. If they could get some interest-free loan, like let's say they live in some utopia of an Islamic society, they can get an interest-free loan. Um, that would be what they consider good debt, right? Because as far as you know, it's going to be a good investment and your company is going to bring two, three, four, five times as much maybe in the next year or so. You'll pay it off in maybe a few months a year and you'll be better off for your business. That's not bad. Debt is not always bad. So, or so I hear. When it comes to actually being in debt and having to pay it off and having this interest or whatever you're already you know, fallen into, first you have to understand this is a very bad position to be in. It's actually a very bad position to be in. There are people mm. like mosquitoes, like fleas, like ticks, like whatever, insects, rodents that are feeding, feeding off of you and your basically disability or your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Inability. Inability, thank you, yes. You're, and it is a disability as well, you yeah, know, financial escape, disability, yeah. yeah. Uh, but your inability to pay it off, they're feeding off of that. that Usury. Exactly. They're feeding off of that. Um, again, I'm looking for the word. It's a big word, bro. I can't think of it. I don't know why, subhanAllah. Your, um, your blood. Vulnerability. Oh, vulnerability. You're feeding off that vulnerable state of being unable to pay. And that's very dangerous because that, especially if it's compounded interest, it will accumulate and accumulate and, and it will be up, yeah. so much more you will end up paying more in interest than the actual initial loan itself of course it will take five tenths and he says of course because it is of course that's how it's literally everywhere you'll take five thousand out and then be twenty thousand dollars in debt because you took so damn long to pay it off and it's just mm-hmm. compounding accumulating so understand your position but you know no stress no no worries no uh no pressure inshallah, inshallah. and then after that you basically got to pay it off. My, my guy basically said, Wallahi, you're finished. And then said, oh, just take a chill, guys. It's all, it's all going to be good. They need to know how, how serious it is. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made haram very clearly. Unequivocally, haram in the Quran. Um, right? Oh, you believe, do not basically uh, get involved with usury. Doubled or multiplied. Don't. Right, uh, and, and basically have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I forgot what tuflihun means exactly, but basically he's telling you to be from the good people essentially, right? Um, so when you're in this position, you just got to pay it off. Now the way to pay it off is, you know, if you're working, if you're doing what you're doing now, that has not allowed you to be able to pay it off, you're doing, you have to do more basically. Not that you're doing something wrong, but you have to do more. Which means you need another avenue to make money. Now, again, I'm not going to tell you what that is, right? Maybe it's freaking power washing driveways or homes or whatever. People do that. Kids do that nowadays. And they make money. Then you hire a bunch of other power washers to do power washing for you. Then you hire a marketing team to market for you. And then you expand and grow. And then you make money. And then you can pay off your debt, inshallah. If you don't have another source of income that is bringing lots of money in. And you're doing things the halal way here, inshallah. 
then you're not going to be able to get out of it. And unfortunately, there was the statistic. How many, uh, I forget, what's the percentage of people that are in debt? The vast majority oh. of people are... I think 80 to 85%, if yeah. not 95 yeah. today. Are in debt. Credit they, card debt, medical bill debt, insurance mm. debt, student loan debt, some type of debt. Yeah. SubhanAllah, people are taking Riba-based loans to pay off a $50,000 mahar, $100,000 mahar, $500,000 oh mahar today. Instead of having their tawakkul in Allah, this is the generation of people that we're living in and women that are actually demanding this. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, and it's not just a little bit of debt. You know, me, you know, I, alhamdulillah, I'm young, right? So I haven't really been exposed to all that stuff. Alhamdulillah. Uh, so the people like me, you know, they don't understand that this is like, some people are extremely in debt. Like oh, they want to, you know, off themselves because of it. Like literally they cannot sleep at night because of it. Right, and it ruins them, their family's life, so on and so forth. And well, that's discussing. May Allah guide and or punish the people who do this. Because Wallah is discussing. The banks are absolutely horrendous for it. Oh, um, they don't care a damn yeah. sense about you, bro. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Wallahi, bro, when you said that, it just gave me a moment to reflect on how grateful I am. And brother Anhon, brother Ramida, bro, we're not in crippling debt. Do you know how, of course, you guys know, you can only imagine, but. How much of a blessing it is to not be in this cycle, bro, where people take 40 to 80 years just to get out. Yeah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, such a I blessing. Will, I will say, again, I'm not a financial advisor with what I'm about to say, <laughs> um, but I heard that there's this method to uh, get over debt. Now, I don't know how halal this is. <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll explain it here that we can, you know, dissect a little bit. But I want to bring it to the table because, like, you know, dire times cause for dire measures. Yes, thank you. So you have these cards, right? Credit cards, not supposed to be, hold on, not supposed to open a credit card. Got it. Understood. Now, you have these cards where they actually offer you a interest-free period um, on balance transfers or on purchases I think within like the first month. If you do these transfers or purchases in the first month, they'll give you like 18 months where you have zero interest whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Now, it sounds good because you essentially have like this time frame where you can pay it off without any interest. But here's where they get you. If you don't pay it off. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's bro. what makes most credit cards. Oh wrong. my that you're, God. You're signing bro. up. To the possibility that if I cannot pay it in time, I'm gonna be agreeing to riba. Wallahi, they are bending you over, and I'm not even gonna say the rest. Don't even, you ain't gotta press the button, but you ain't gotta press the button. No way. Right. So basically, you have this this period. Now, I've heard of people. What they do is like, let's say they had a card open right now, and this card, um, it, it, it's they're being charged interest mm-hmm. um, monthly. Um, they have, let's say, for example, 5K in debt. Now, they can keep the 5K in this card and keep paying the interest every single month or they can open this new card here and now they have eight, long, they have 18 long. months. They have 18 months, right? 18 months where they can transfer this balance over. Now, now they have the 5K in this new card where it has zero interest. Mm. They can pay off as much as they can and then once that card is coming to an end. They open another card and then they transfer that over there. Now, look, I'm not saying this is halal, nor am I saying this is even the best way because I think this would actually kind of mess up your credit score. Yeah. But, I mean, again, like, dire times cause for dire measures. So, like, this, I don't know. What do y'all think? Like, this is, do you think this is something a little too extra that people should be doing or do you think this it's a it's a valuable... Um. Well, again, given the same disclaimer, not speaking about any fiqh here or any rulings, I think um, I think to us it seems extra, but for a person in this situation, it won't seem extra. It'll seem like what, just what they need to do. So I would, honestly, from that perspective, I kind of understand it. Um, rest assured, they're probably not going to get a loan after that. <laughs> after two, mm-hmm. three cards, they're probably done. You know, the credit score is back at like uh, 150 or something. <laughs> I don't think it lowers it too much. Allah Alam, I Again, we're not financial advisors. Yeah, so. no, no, I think it, when it comes to credit cards, it's crazy. But like the more credit cards you have open, 
the better your credit score is. But it doesn't also depend on if you can pay your stuff off and on time. Yeah, no, of course. But it's weird. But like, the more cards you have open, the more the higher your. But a credit score is basically a ranking you have in the matrix. If you really think about it, they want you to open more credit cards. They want you to get more loans and pay it off, obviously, to seem like you're progressing in something. Now, I'm not here anti or pro credit scores, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there's ways to get a decent credit score permissibly. Yeah. And I think we should put that first and foremost and rely on Allah for a risk. At the end of the day, that's where it's coming from anyway. Yeah. But as Brother Anhel said, bro, these credit cards are dangerous. But and it's crazy. Like you said, it's like this credit score is part of the matrix. Or it's like, what's the credit score really for? It, it's for... To take another loan. Rent, yeah, to, to take, take another loan. To take a mortgage. To an apartment. Finance a car. Finance a car. To get bro. deeper into... Exactly. Local. So it's like, they want to know, like, yo, how good are you at this? How mm. good are you at paying us back? This is haram! <laughs> haram! Damn, bro. It's like, that's a gem for y'all right there. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. No, wallahi, bro. Like, this is... These are things that no, no one talks about or thinks about. But mm. let's say this. You're already someone deep in credit card debt. You have... Years of student loan debt, now you're getting on Dean, you find out that it's a major sin, bro. It's going to be a shield, bro, that's going to be made for you so you can face off against Allah and his messenger, on the day of judgment, for anyone that even deals with riba. This is not something that is a game, something that we should take lightly. I don't want to go against them. SubhanAllah. I don't want to. So what do we do? Sleep well? MashaAllah. Almost wants to sleep well. I like that, bro. Um, do you have reminders too saying drink your water? I do. I have those on my phone. This guy. I need I need reminders for that. SubhanAllah. Otherwise I'm not gonna drink any water, bro. But main thing here is bro, you, you don't make me forget now, bro. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I pulled it on up, bro. Guys, how about we wrap it up and we make a very concise thing for people? Part two. We could make a part two for sure. But definitely, uh, we just make a little concise like summary of what we. Like, yeah, recap, yeah, yeah. Today, today's in. more. Today's more of like just some ideas about financial literacy that people might want to know. A couple of gems here, right? But again, guys, these are always unscripted. Yeah. So you either love us or you hate us. You know, we're not here making scripted lectures. These are not university, college, you know, yeah. tutorials or anything like that. Yeah. But it was a wonderful episode nonetheless. Yeah, alhamdulillah. We're not we're not we're not selling a course here. All right. So yeah. what you pay is what you get. You're not paying a thing, so this is what you get. The last thing last thing I'm gonna say is uh, I think it was your line. Uh, no risk, no risk, right? Um no risk. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what he just said. Oh, I just want to say because it's <laughs> rolls off. The I've, been learning, I've been learning. I've been learning. Mashallah. What do you think about Anhas Tajweed right now? Mashallah. Mashallah. It's, 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 it's actually a lot better than I thought. Mashallah. Yeah. Allah. Nah, it needs work. It needs work. Nah. Bro, my Tajweed needs work. It's so good, bro. He he about to recite Surah Al Baqarah right now for y'all. Bismillah. Bismillah. Alif Lam. You didn't say <laughs> Ooh, I'm just joking, yeah, I'm just joking. Yeah, How dare you Alright <laughs> This is enough guys <laughs> hey, We're gonna keep spamming this uh, Soundboard right now If we don't wrap it up Inshallah It's over midnight right now We are absolutely cracked Right now Alright There's so much energy But we're also sleepy At the same time It's probably why the energy Has been a little all over the place But please smash this like button If you made it this far out on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Soundbox, you name it. There's too many to mention right now, alhamdulillah. But please share this with someone that needs this message of saving money. It could be your mama. It could be your grandmama. It could be your daughter. It could be your pet dog that you have outside as a guard dog because you live far into the countryside, permissibly. Do your thing. Do your due diligence. And with that being said, alhamdulillah. Close it off, bro. And remember, Smile money, more. money don't make a man, but a man better damn sure be making that money. MashaAllah. <laughs> and with that being said, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa qina adhaab al-nar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.